You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, the host of this wonderful podcast and joining me on the other line for our weekly show from Forbes.com and the West Side Indianapolis News, Mr. Tony East. Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I got to watch my favorite type of Pacers games, which is when they are playing a bunch of guys, like they have a bunch of injuries and they're playing a bunch of like younger guys or unproven guys. And there's a little expectation. I love watching those games and seeing all the interesting stuff that happened. And they played three of them this week and they were all very fun. So I am doing great. Tony likes low stakes, low stakes games. Basically, because then no, no matter what happens, no one is just melting down for no reason on the internet. And that's all I care about. Oh my God. You, you need to, uh, whatever. All right. I so want to Pacers, tweet my quotes in peace after the game. So the Pacers <laughs> this week went three and one with wins over the Spurs, Thunder, Pistons, and Magic. That was lost uh, on, on Sunday. Oh, sorry. Lost the Spurs out through wins on Sunday night, uh, recording this at about 1130 Eastern time. Um, so we're going to start talking about small ball lineups, their success this week. Then we'll talk about the guards, Sumner, Levert, Levert and uh, Brogdon. And we'll finish with a week preview as always. Um, so with a small ball lineup, where do you want to start at, Tony? Do you want to go right to O'Shea Brissett, who arguably uh, is the most exciting pacer at this moment? Um, yeah, is that where you want to go? I mean, it's, it's a great starting point. It's, it's, so let, let's get to how we got here first for those unaware. Yeah. Uh, last time me and Adam talked was actually after the Spurs game because we learned last Monday that Miles Turner has this torn plate foot thing. I don't hold know. on, hold on. I've got it. He's got a partial tear of his plantar plate and his big toe. There you go. Okay. I had I had like four of those words. He had four of them, but not all of them. <laughs> uh, at the same time, Sabonis has a sore lower back. It's pretty bad because Sabonis does not miss practices and he's been missing practices. And Goga's got a tweaked ankle, so he was able to play a little bit, but not enough. So... They need O'Shea Brissett, who they just signed because he played well at forward to play center because Jakar Sampson also got suspended uh, for their first game against the Thunder. So, yeah, he's obviously the place to start because I agree with you. You know, Sumner, we'll talk about him next segment, is also super exciting right now. But O'Shea Brissett, brand new thing, has come in and been able to play forward at the four next to Jakar Sampson and played center for 42 minutes. This dude's not a center. He played center for 42 minutes in a win against the Thunder. Um he looks good on the glass. He's got a nose for the ball. He's shooting from three well, which, again, I still don't think will hold, but is really impressive for him. Uh, he's a great slasher. He's, like, ball faking and driving to the basket. His defense is good. Against the Magic tonight, he was plus 30. So he just looks – he looks great. He looks like an NBA player, and they they basically pulled him off the streets at the beginning of the, of the month because he was a free agent. So, I mean, what a signing, and he's looked great in these small ball groups. Yeah, he's their fourth leading scorer this week. Actually tied for third with Sumner. Wow. Yeah. Uh, at 15 points. So it's uh, average 15 points over the four games this week. Uh, his, his stat line officially this week is 15 points. I have it right. 9.3 rebounds, including three offensive rebounds, uh, one assists on 48, 40, 72 shooting split. Um, Sumner had a better week shooting, but we'll talk about him later. Yeah. So obviously, the Brissett thing is exciting and probably the best thing that happened to this Pacers team in probably the last two months, give or take, probably since the Levert kind of um, coming off in, back from an injury. I'm skeptical of how real this is still, although he does definitely feel like an NBA player. But if he can play at, let's say, 60% at this level, it could be the the semi to their four problems, right? I mean, they have been yep. 
desperately searching for a four for since they got rid of David West, right? Yeah. I mean, they tried to make Paul that, George. No, they had so Thad. Thad, they had Thad. Thad, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I guess I'm, yeah, they had Thad. Since Thad, guess, though. They tried to make PG the four. That never works. And then they got Thad as a replacement. Um, they lost Thad, what was it, about two years ago? It's been since they, they got rid of this. Thad yep. got signed away, I guess the right way to put it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've been in desperate need of a four. And they, and they've, you know, been doing two centers this year, obviously. And so now they're playing Brissett at the five because they have no other choice. Because I guess they play Jakar a little bit too, but really it's Brissett mainly at, at the five. Um, oh, I'm going to gas up Jakar in this segment too. But Don't no, but Jakar's been good too. But I just, <laughs> what we've seen from Brissett is like perfect stretch for yes. potential. I think it's the right way to put it. So, so here's the, here's where I'll, I'll even reel you in because you're right that to be skeptical that like, like I, like, I don't think he's going to be this level of a shooter. He might be. And if he is like, oh my gosh, how is this? If he's even on? a mid to mid to high thirties, that's yeah. Um, but here's the thing that he is. And you nailed it with this. They haven't had a four who can defend fours, right? Like, like mm. that's why I like this weekend. He got to guard Jeremy Grant a little bit. Like they haven't had a guy to do that. Like the perfect matchup for that since that. And even if, you know, he can't play center or he can't shoot or whatever, he's not going to be putting up double doubles every night. Okay, whatever. They have a guy who can cut well and can dribble without turning it over and is a good defender. Like that's an NBA player. Even when they're healthy, like you kind of got to think about playing him because he's been, he kind of is like, they've been pigeonholing centers into this role. And like Justin Holiday is a pretty good defender, but you know, he, we've talked about how the powerful forwards have killed them because Justin Holiday is a little skinny. You know, they've been pigeonholing him into this role. They even played Jeremy Lamb at the four this year. It's like, finally. Like played him four a little bit, I feel like, at some point, yeah. too, on the bench, yeah. at least. Finally, they have O'Shea in here. And even if he's not this level of guy, and he just had an amazing week, which, <laughs> amazing week, him playing small ball center this week and guarding force kind of proves to me that he can even just be just a defensive guy who who – can handle the ball enough to be on the floor at any time, basically. And that's huge. And he's been really good and they don't win these games. Like they, they beat the two bad teams by a small amount in Detroit and OKC. Like that's not impressive wins, but getting it with O'Shea Brissett in there doing a lot more than he should is impressive. And I think seeing him do all this stuff makes me have a lot more belief in what he can do in the future. And it's really good to see him doing it. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing we're waiting for is one of the centers return. I think one's obviously more likely to return the other one, considering the severity of the injury and the timeline. Two like. centers, really? Yeah, but I think we're Goga and a, another one. But yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I was thinking two. The two centers who, who for all purposes matter this season. I think yes. is maybe the better way to put that. Um, because I want to see what a lineup looks like where he's playing the the real four, right? I mean, I agree. he he clearly can guard fours. He clearly has the size to play that kind of four. If he can shoot the way he shoots from three, he definitely could be a stretch four. In that in that sense, for sure. So it's just I just like I want to see it because I also wonder if that does slightly change the team's playoff potential. All I mean by that is maybe they could win both play-in games. Right now, I'm not sure they could, and maybe they could get two games in a first-round series, which I don't think they could at this moment either. If he is good enough to provide that like four spark, they just haven't had this year. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that too. Even if it's just. Like if Sabonis is out for another week, but Goga comes back this week, just seeing him next to a big at all, right? I think that'll be important because then his duties will change. He wanted to go inside as much, stuff like that. Just see how he operates with another tall guy on the floor. We haven't seen that at all, uh, which will be good. And I and I agree with you that seeing him with Sabonis in particular or Turner, although, again, I have no idea what Turner's return looks like, but seeing him with Sabonis in particular will look good because that's another thing. Like 
Like think something that happened this week by seeing the small balls, we got to see some unique lineups. And we talked about last week when we said, how should the Pacers manage the rest of the season? Well, this, they, they played a bunch of unique lineups with these small ball groups and a bunch of guys who don't normally play that much. And we got to see some combos that are interesting. And O'Shea with a big as the four or five is another combo that fits that bill of something we should be looking out to see something that could be interesting in the future and could be good this year. Yeah. You want to know the Pacers, um, I guess maybe about most successful lineup. Well, I'll give you their top two. I said, well, this one's the most minutes in success this week um, was when they played four Wait, guards. Can I guess? Oh, never mind. You told me. What? I got it for you. I was going to say it was, I was going to guess Sumner, Lavert, Brogdon, McConnell, Brissett. Is that it? Yes. Yes. You nailed yes. it. Um, the other one, this one only played, I think it played 20 minutes or 21 minutes. It was uh, McConnell, Lavert, Aaron Holiday, Brissett, and Keelan Martin. That was just in one game. So really, yep. Yeah, this I'm I'm going through NBA stats because we have the, the highest they're basically highest minute um, small ball lineup was a plus six on the court. Uh, and so that lineup give, was a four guard per set. So let's give Jakar Sampson his moment because this is kind of what he's on the team for. When guys are hurt, you play and you play really hard. And yeah, his suspension sucked, but they still won that game. And then against Detroit. He provided them some nice minutes, soaked up some fouls, so Mason Plumley didn't actually ruin the Pacers' season and make the Pistons win. And then was really solid against the Magic. Uh, he had, I think, eight points in the third quarter alone, uh, which was the quarter the Pacers just totally took the game away. And this is what he can do. I, I asked him after the game, and Jakar's like, yeah, like the way I play, where I like scrap and fight and bang bodies and stuff, like playing center is for me, you know? And he's not at center, like by size, but – he does a good enough job at it that it, it, it's helping the team win games. And they, even if the teams are playing absolutely suck right now, they needed to win these games and Jakar Sampton helped them win. And he deserves some praise for that. Yeah. I think the other thing too is by him starting the night of was solid or man on the bench. We always played a little better this week. Yep. I mean, 37% from three this week, I think. And it meant Brissett didn't have to play 42 minutes. Both like he did. Yeah. Too, which yeah. was important. Yeah. He played so much in those, in those games this week. 31's a little more reasonable for him. Yeah, you don't, I mean, but you know, he's, he's, he was trying to, I guess he's played the fourth minutes the day after he signed, right? So that was sort of like a, well, he played 38 on, on Saturday because, yeah, but 38 is reasonable for a center for the Pacers. He must play 38 on the regular, it feels like. No, I know, I know, but yeah, you know what I mean? He just, I know what you mean. (laughs) I know what you mean. Um, you, any more non guards you want to mention this week before moving? Well, I kind of want to loop this into small ball, but it's a guard thought and it's a good segue. Okay. Is uh, Edmund Sumner, right? Obviously had a great – we're going to talk about him in a second. He drew some fouls in this Magic game. He attempted uh, eight free throws, right? J. Michael asks him after the game about that. And he's like, you know what? I was good about some of these small ball groups with, with Samson who can shoot a little bit. I wouldn't call him a shooter, but he's like okay at it. And mm-hmm. Brissett's been hitting the threes. He's like, there's a lot of space to drive, right? So I think, like, obviously good centers are better than worse centers, but – I think one thing we've seen with the small ball group, and this is something we've known in the NBA, is that it really spaced the floor out and allowed these guards to thrive. And that is my segue into talking about the good guard play. Yeah, well, Sumner's got to learn how to finish contact. That's the next step for him. But uh, <laughs> what's that? Let's take one break, and then we'll talk about the, I guess we'll call them three, four dominant guards this week, depending if we add him McConnell to that list. Um, but first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps you make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, interview, all on Indeed. Your quality shortlist of candidates who resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule a complete 
video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skill tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests and add them to your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than any other job site combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. And get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's $75 credit and Indeed.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, Indeed.com slash locked, offered valid through June 30th, term and condition apply. And we're also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has been a sponsor of this podcast for a long time. They are the amazing protein bar company that are covered in chocolate. They make dozens of protein bars, all kinds of different flavors. My favorite one, like I've said before, time and time again, is the peanut butter one. It comes in. It's a, I believe it's 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, and five grams of sugar. Built Bar is great for somebody on the keto diet. They're high in fiber, high in protein. They're great if you're trying to indulge in a snack or just lose some weight. They're perfect for all that kind of stuff. And right now, if you go to builtbar.com, promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 LOCK15 for 15% off your builtbar.com order. And we're back. So... This week, the Pacers had a, I would say, a dominant guard performance and they had to play most of their guards uh, in these small ball lineups. And in particular, just some stats to read off. Brogdon had 24 points per game in the four games this week. Levert, 22, and Sumner, 15. And Sumner saw an incredible 56 from the field and 54 from three this week. Pretty amazing. They were all really good. Um, I want to start with Levert, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Um, we've, so he actually was sick this week, which is very interesting given the way he played, but he was really good. And I think we're seeing with him, what he's so good at is getting into the paint. And he had some struggles with his decision-making at first. And we talked about him jumping for no reason and stuff like that. And he had all these crazy turnovers and he did a lot better this recently, even this month, but really this week, he looked really sharp with his decision-making, getting the shots up in the lane, some nice passes, right? Two, six assists games this week. And something that I wanted to say is like, even if their opponents are, or sorry, you know, given their opponents, like we were kind of worried, worried is the wrong word. I was just kind of thinking like, maybe they could lose these games, all these injuries, but like Levert and Brogdon were still the best two players on the court in a lot of these games because they were just playing so well. And Levert looked really special to me that he could, they finally have a self creator again. Uh, and we knew that he could be this guy. We, we gave him his flowers like a month ago when he was playing really well too, but when they have a guy who can get his own shot up any time and he has these bursts where he just looks unstoppable for a few possessions. I mean, it, it changes the whole team's offense. Like it's so hard to defend that kind of guy. Yeah. I think honestly, the best way to view this last basically from March to May for the Pacers is sort of as a like second running of a training camp slash like, I don't know, like I don't call it practice, but sort of like a getting in shape for next year. Right. Levert was, was coming in at such a weird point in the season and with Warren not coming back, but we got the news, I think, right before, right? Like, it was announced the day before the Levert was going to start, and then Warren was announced out, like, the next day, I think, or some, it was pretty close in that timeline. So, like, you knew this kind of was going to be a, a semi-loss season. And what we're seeing from Levert right now is finally him starting to get going, to fit with Brogdon, to fit with the other players, starting to, like, actually, look like you know, not just, like, a, a separate entity. Like, you look the first, you know, few weeks he was out there. So, it's pretty nice to see. I mean, he needs to shoot better from three, but I think that will come in waves. But he's definitely is showing, like, his skill set as like just an, an offensive talent and at a reasonable price. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very reasonable price. And he can be this guy for the next couple of years for them. I see no reason why he can't be. I mean, again, they're playing some just crap opponents this week, so I don't want to get too ahead of yeah, myself. Yeah, but, but I, I think a signature of the Pacers in the past, at least, and this is McMillan era, this is why McMillan was honestly a good coach, was they beat all the bad teams consistently. They, they really lost a bad game. And if they lost to a yeah. bad team, it was a tight game where they barely lost. It was a stupid call. I'm looking, looking the Cavs a couple years ago where Vic like got basically shoved out of the way by – um. Oh, who was it? Larry Nance. Larry Nance, right? Yeah. Like the Pacers just for like the last, let's say four seasons until this year, for like didn't really lose like any game, any games to bad teams like consistently, right? Maybe one right. there, but they, but usually they go into the Chicago's, the Oklahoma City's, the Magic, and they win just night after night, usually. And so that's not been a theme this year till this week, sort of. It was good to see them just pummel the Magic. Like, they haven't pummeled a team in forever. Yeah, well, Karen's actually, just- you were saying that. Didn't they pummel a team last week? Didn't we do this? No. Last- yeah, they, pum- they pummeled uh, no, they a. Not. The yeah, last double digit win was in March. Oh, well, who do we think? We, why do we talk about them pummeling a team? And then they didn't. Know. Maybe it was we were, we were doing this, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so you want to move to um, Sumner or you want to move to Brogdon? Brogdon, the best player on the court against all of these opponents. Yeah. Uh, so the Spurs game, we talked after that game together. So we can talk about that in a little bit, I guess. He had 18 that game. He really struggled. The whole team struggled five and seven nights, blah, blah, blah. Since then, 29 on 23 shots against OKC. Also, 15 rebounds and seven assists. 26 on 21 shots, eight rebounds, four assists against Detroit. 24 points on 17 shots, eight rebounds, nine assists tonight against the Magic. Just dominant, dominant performances. Sharing ball handling duties has done just wonders for him. Yes. I mean, he is He is so happy playing off the ball again. I mean, it, it's it's not even funny. I mean, it's just like and you he can, can. The thing is, like Levert isn't so dominant with the ball that he still doesn't like control the game. You know what I mean? I think that's good for him. I think that's the balance he wanted when he came to the Pacers. Well, yeah, I think the thing about Brogdon is he he he's like a one A and a leader, but he doesn't necessarily want to be the one A offense all the time, yeah. right? We saw this with Warren all last year, right? He would like it would a lot of time. Brogdon just like let Warren just be the offense at times. It was like, just right. don't worry about it, right? Like, it was just let Warren figure out how to one-on-one beat guys. Because I, I think because he plays so hard defensively and usually is tasked with the tougher matchup at times. Although last year, he actually, him and Warren would trade off at times. But um, I think he's willing to not, does like need to be the guy to score 28 points, right? I, I think there's a world with Brogdon doesn't play hard even scores 28 again if he wanted to. But I think he understands the balance he has to strike. Definitely. So since the Levert return, this does not include the Magic game because basketball reference updates games the next day. Since Levert returned, Brogdon is at 22 points, six rebounds, five assists per game on 46, 41.5, 81. Sports. Yeah, almost 50, 40, 90. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and weirdly, it's the free throws for him. Like, he's never been bad at the free throws. So he is, he is just balling. Like, he has been playing so well. And the injury gap kind of helped him, too. Like, I think that Sabonis mentioned that, like, that little time off is helpful in this rapid fire season. But he's just been so good playing with Levert. And again, it, crappy opponents. We got to asterisk everything on this show. Like if we could be coming back next week, if they, you know, go one and two back, well, oh, these guys suck again. But I mean, he's just been playing so well. And, and he was a big, like they need good point guard play without centers at all. And he really stepped up to the plate, even on the glass this week to help them win games. Yeah. I mean, he's happy. I mean, my biggest concern is this is going to be his career season. We look back and, you know, his, his career arc will be his best season ever, which would be sort of sad that it was wasted the way it was this year. But yeah, I mean, he's, Either he's hitting his his peak right now, or we're going to see it the next few years because 
you know, last year he took a jump, but this year he's been healthy. I mean, outside of like what he's missed, yep. maybe three games. Yeah, that's the year. worry is that his healthy year is the year that the Pacers don't don't get it done. Well, you would think though, in a year with this many condensed games, that they would actually be like you know he wouldn't be able to say he's healthy, but he has. So you would hope when there's a more spread out schedule, he is playing right. a decent amount next year, right? Hopefully, if it is spread out, who knows what the hell they're going to do next year? But you would hope that way a little bit. Well, um, we can get McConnell over quickly. He's just been passing the lights out. Uh, Eight assists, to. 13 assists, and seven assists in the three games. Right. Is he going to set a record for the most assists from a bench player? Possibly. He, like he, per he, game. I, I thought there was some record where he was like every the most ever for a bench player. Weirdly, his, his little doinky, I don't even know what to call it, six-footer was not going in this weekend, but didn't matter. He was still fantastic passing the ball. And in total, in the four, across the four games, was a plus 36. So he still played very well. But yeah. let, let's get to the headliner. This yeah, second. you know who was great passing to? uh Edmund Sumner Edmund who Sumner. had uh his best week of his career probably yeah th- this dude is like he-, he can defend he's so acrobatic in transition he I mean, the- you talked about the finishing through context coming next but like he's got the length man it's ridiculous yeah length. he's got the length to finish around and over guys and the three he's making these threes too which Jay Michael was asking about this after the magic game is like he can shot fake and drive past guys now and He's got some rebounding chops. Like he just looks great. And this is like the fifth starter they need is like the defensive guy who can shoot the three. Like he could do better than Justin holiday right now. I go Justin holiday. Great. Out of slump breaking game against the magic. Hopefully he can maintain something, some of that, but yeah, Sumner just looks so in control and his handle looks amazing. And, and th- this is exactly what I've always thought he could be when I've been gassing him up and to see him be so good this week made me really happy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the hope with him is he by beating up on these bad teams, he gains confidence. Yep. Because I think the thing with him is was I, I'm gonna I, you could see it each year. So like, remember he played that one game and against the Hawks that wasn't really a real Hawks team, right? I mean back like I want to say two years ago, and last year he got a little bit hurt and it kind of screwed that up a little bit because he broke his hand so early on, but he was playing really well the first five or so games. So the hope is that like as he puts up you know these let's call it 15, 20 game, 30 game stretch together. And it's pretty solid on the stretch that he builds his confidence that he can do this against other guys because he athletically is better than most. I mean, he's just more athletic than most players in the court. Like he has the first step that can beat guys. He's got the length. You just got to be able to like feel confident that he can like go by them. And I think that's a big, that's kind of the next step, right? I mean, I think in some ways you can track his progression to Vic in that way where it took Vic to the game of the Pacers to realize, Oh, I can actually beat guys off that step. And then I can just kind of have to finish correctly. Like I get my body in control and finish. And so, that's hope with Sumner right now. And if he can make a three-point shot, obviously, at anywhere close to like 38 to 40, he's going to be – it's going to be really hard to guard him because he can't play up on him as much – or can't put back, I mean, on him as much. Yeah, he, he's a starter. If he's hitting 38 to 40% of his threes, he's a starter next yeah, year. Yeah, okay, but here's the question. Guaranteed. Next year, who does he start over? Justin Holiday. Oh, no, right. No, 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 no. Next, next year. Aha, yes. Uh, yeah, that depends uh, what their team looks like. But, yes, okay, fine. He could be the sixth man, whatever. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. You, you do run into some problems, then, but maybe, you know. No, that's not a problem. No, it's not a problem because you yes. rather have more talent. Um, yes. You run into the problem of, like, can you get a better use out of your $18 million at the four? But we'll talk about that later. Interesting. Yeah. Not, Seems like a not, good offseason not, not, topic. Not, not today. I'm just, just spitballing again. Seems like a good offseason topic. Yeah, he just, he's been so special. And the, the evolutions are, like, kind of low-hanging fruit. Like, one extra pass that he's not making a game when he's got a little bit too wild of a finish coming his way or something like that. Right. Like his defense is already there. The transition game is already maybe the best on the team. Like he's already very good. And seeing him shine like this is just, is just, awesome. does he have one more on his deal or two? 
He's a team option next year. It's his last year on the deal. So he'll probably get they some. Can work an ex- they can work on an extension with him next season. Yeah, he'll probably get – I mean, I guess he might bet on himself at this rate. Or they could do what they did last time and just decline the team option and say, hey, we'll negotiate – like, they remember, they they converted his two-way to a one-plus-one, one, declined his team option, and extended him. They could just do that again if he wants to be here longer. Yeah, then they use the mid-level on him, right? Uh, we're just bird, early bird rights. That's enough. Oh, well, how much? Okay, oh, had him for three years. So they can pay him as. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I thought he's been here three years. Uh, yeah, yeah. We figured well, out the plans. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, we solved this solution. Um, yeah. So if he's willing to do that, I think you gotta look into it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you gotta, was... like basically everyone else you'd want to bring back like that. But that again is an offseason discussion. For now, yeah. we talk about Edmund Sumner playing a phenomenal weekend. Yeah, he's playing great. It's, it's fun to see, and it's definitely um he's definitely become the 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 like. The one shining draft pick of the of the um, yes of the Kevin Pritchard era uh, and Goga's gonna get there and to to I think so too I agree with you there I do to wrap up these last segments this is I, I said this already but like this was what we talked about last week right we want to see for the rest of the season even if it leads to wins or losses whatever the young guys play a lot and show skill development and Aaron Holiday not playing sucks I'll talk about that tomorrow but we saw Sumner play a lot and play well we saw O'Shea Brissett play a lot and play well. Right. This is it. This is what we wanted. They experimented with some lineups and it just happened to win. So good for those players. Uh, good for the future of the Pacers that they're going to most likely be on the team next year. And they won some games. So we'll see what that leads to. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's take one more break and then we'll preview their three games this week. But first, today's Locked On Pacer Podcast also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football, college basketball are long over, but the NBA, NHL, and NBA are in full swing. MLB also is getting going. And BetOnline.ag is covered for that. Things like awards. There was the Academy Awards tonight. I'm sure they had lots of good bets for those. Reality TV and TV shows. They have real-time update odds and props on anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag is covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head over to the website today. Use mobile phone. You receive a 50 some welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means for every hundred dollars pretend you get fifty free dollars to bet. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Betaline.ag, your online sports book experts. Tony, do you have the numbers up for the Portland Trailblazers? The Pacers play Tuesday at home. Adam, can I say my cursed thing again before we start previewing? Sure, games? go ahead. The, Adam, uh, the, this could be the week. The Pacers finally get back to five hundred. Do you think we're real fast? You didn't they cross five hundred at all this season? I kind of doubt it. They're, 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 if they, they have a chance, I guess, this week, but probably not. And then they have one more easy week, right? I guess after their two games this week, they have a really easy stretch for like six games. So, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. It's yes. going to be tight. I will say it's be close. It is going to be very tight because Atlanta's really good now, right? So that game's not as easy as it looks. And Washington's yeah, on that game by them right? last week. So, yeah, I guess their best shot's probably like they just arrived this week. Portland, yeah, they got their numbers up. Portland losing quite a bit recently. They've lost like five in a row because uh, they lost the Grizzlies today, but they're all by like one point or two points. So the record is not indicative uh, of their skill recently, but they've had some lucky clutch all season. So it's just evening out. Anyway, sixth in offense, 29th in defense, 17th overall in net rating, 20th in pace. Uh, it's the Dame show, although they have CJ back now. And I look back at this first Pacers Blazers game, Adam, CJ McCollum did play, but you know what was interesting about that game? Do you remember it all? Okay, you're taking me back. That was the game where Vic just got traded. Correct. That was the first game. That they was, smoked he got, them, the right? The day before it was announced. 
They smoked them in Portland, right? They smoked them in Portland. Yeah. By like 24. I'm pulling it up. <laughs> no, that, that I didn't remember. I just saw the score. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're all over it, though. They, they played very well and played good Dion Dame. He only had 22. That's right. That was where Sumner played, right? Yeah, and did a really good job. They kind of like, they do a box and one or some kind of combination. Of you're that. all over it. You, you're stealing all my points. Okay, sorry. So, that, but that's but the thing is the weirdness of that game from the Pacers side with Vic being traded is weird because like that's an atypical Blazers game. They played crappy offense and okay defense. They normally play awesome offense and terrible defense. So we'll see what kind of game we get this time. Yeah, before we get through the going to the game, do we expect to see Sabonis back this week? I don't know. <laughs> he didn't okay. travel. He hasn't really been on the bench. I think his back is like really really hurting. So I, I don't know. Uh, what about Goga? I would think we get Goga back this week. Yes. And he's been questionable and doing stuff in practice. I definitely think we get Jeremy Lamb back. Okay. That's my this last week. question. Yep. We, get to, we get to watch Jeremy Lamb this week. Exciting uh, stuff. Let's see how his defense does. <laughs> and then I would, yeah, Goga, I would think. McDermott came back tonight or let, right? So, yeah. So that's kind of what night. we'll see. Lasers chuck threes like crazy. Second in the league in attempts, seventh in percentage. That's where a lot of their offense comes from. They do not take hardly any twos. So that's going to be the stress of this game, right? Damian Lillard takes 11. Newly acquired Norman Powell takes six. CJ McCollum takes 10. Gary, oh, Gary Trent's traded, excuse me. Carmelo <laughs> takes five, right? They chuck them. You got to get out on those guys. You got to be scramming and recovering. And they've had some good perimeter defenders playing recently. Another good O'Shea test, see what he can do. But, I mean, if they if they can force the Blazers to miss some threes, they can win this game. But, the like – like with any team, you know, if, if they just, if they're just hitting them, like if they're just hitting the slightly contested ones, like you just lose. Meanwhile, in Portland early the season, they went 13 of 43. That's the game, right? So a lot of three point defense is going to be important for the Pacers in this one. Yeah. So I'm going to pick my butcher just to start with, and it's not going to be the one you would think I'd pick. I'm going to pick CJ McCollum. Oh, okay. I mean, it's the other one. Um, <laughs> he has been playing yeah. better as of late. So we can remember the injury about right after the all-star break, uh, late, late, or mid-March, I guess you would call it. Uh, I'm trying to pull up his last 10 games real fast. I was I was getting there, but then I'm screwing up. He got up. hurt like right after these guys played, right? Yeah, it was pretty close. He What, he break his leg, I think? Yeah, or, like ankle yeah. something? Yeah, something around that. So his last 10 games, hold on. Finally got it pulled up. Wow, great, great, great prep. Um, 22 points per game on 45, 33 shooting. So not fantastic, but he is, um, to me, they, they, they didn't have to stop Dame last time. And that McCom- as long as McCollum can just kind of like play at that level, that could be enough to carry the Blazers over the Pacers. That's fair. Uh, they have since traded Gary Trent for Norm Powell. That is something to monitor. Norm Powell's been pretty damn good for the Blazers. Yeah. Since He's been good this whole year. He's been like, yeah, that's true. So that's another thing. Like, even if you shut down Damon CJ, Norm Powell can score a lot of points. He's averaging over 17 for them. He's averaging that's 19 it. for the full season, by the way. Yeah, I won't get cute. Dame's a my butcher. He's a top. So I'll say seven. Uh, I'd probably put him seven. So this is dumb to say. He's like the seventh best player in the league this year in terms of MVP candidate chasings. He's just ridiculous, ridiculous offensive player. Like there are nights that like you just you can't beat the Blazers because they have Damian Lillard. Like it doesn't matter what anyone else on their entire roster does. Like you lose to the Blazers because of just Damian Lillard. Whoever's guarding him, presumably Brogdon and Sumner will get most of those responsibilities. We'll have a tough night of doing so, but uh, it's very cr- important to beat this team to do that. And that's why my X factor is Sumner. There you go. Because he did a really nice job on a box and one and just guarding Dame straight up. 
last time they played and over been probably over three months now. Uh, and he's been playing great as late. So he'll have to be able to stop Dame and still put up some offense to help carry the Pacer team. These guys suck defensively. The, the, the Blazers are 29th. Um, I can't wait for the Pacers to score at 85 points. I know. I know. But that's what kind of what I was going to say is like forcing misses will be important. So the Pacers can get lots of offensive possessions against that defense, but also important for the same reason, get lots of possessions against the crappy defense rebounding. So Jakar Sampson will be my Gotta box out. Enos got to box out cancer uh, or whoever they have in its center. I mean, Cantor's Nur- four and Nur- Nurkic what, is four? back now too, right? Nurkic gets a lot of boards too. So Jakar and even O'Shea, but I'm just picking nominally Jakar because he's the center. If Goga plays, it's Goga. If Goga does not play, makes factors Jakar, box out. Do not let the rebounding battle get out of hand. Like the Pistons game, the Pistons dominated the Pacers on the glass. They won that game because of turnovers and better efficiency of like shot profile. But they got to be lucky against this team. They, yeah, they won't happen against the Blazers. You gotta rebound well, Jakar. That's very important. Yeah, Canner's four point two offensive rebounds per game. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, win or loss? See this going either way. Uh, this is kind of the swing game this week, like the Spurs was last week. Um, but I, th- I'll probably pick the Blazers. Just beating Dame twice in a year is really hard. And even though their record right now isn't awesome, they're just they're too good. They're just good. They're just really good. And the Pacers have too many good guys out. I'll pick a win just to go to zag. Yeah, it's, it's possible. They're, they're playing. I'm glad we get to see. I mean, maybe Goga plays and it doesn't matter, but I'm glad we get to see the current iteration of the small ball Pacers against a good team. So the Pacers' next matchup is Thursday night, also at home against the Brooklyn Nets. Tony, do you have the ah, numbers good. up or you want me to know them? Yeah, I got them. Okay, go ahead. Uh, second in offense with the second best offense of all time behind the also the Clippers from this year. 25th in defense, first sixth and overall on that rating. They are 40 and 20. They are first in the East. Kevin Durant returned to action today. Presumably, he will be playing in this game. Although, do they have a back-to-back? That could very much influence. They do, uh, they do not. They play. This is the first night of a back-to-back, so maybe some resting goes on here. They have played. They played Portland on the third, which is Friday. I wonder if it's a national TV game or not. Yeah, so it's possible we see some resting here because of how the Nets are. James Harden probably won't play, and he tore the Pacers up last time. Remember that fourth quarter? Oh, was so just good. Awful. Was that so was good. when the Pacers were having an awful fourth quarter every night. But even with no Harden, they might have Durant. They'll probably have Kyrie, uh, and they're ridiculous. They're just insanely good. <laughs> it's kind of gross. They are the team that should win the championship long as they can stay healthy. They are my choice as well. They are amazing right now. We can see an old friend, Adam. Alizé Johnson returns to Indianapolis. Yeah, the guy who – what did he, he get? Uh, he had, what, a, like a 40-point game for them, right? My, no. No, what do you have? A 40-point fantasy game in my mind. That's what they're going to – He had a 25 <laughs> – like, no, He did not score 40 points in a basket. He had a 23 and 15, which is 40 fantasy points. I'm, yes, I'm sorry. In my that mind. is accurate. <laughs> He's playing well. He's not really in their rotation. Like, he was for a hot – like, for two games or something because, like, half their team was hurt. He plays, like, five minutes a night now, but it's just cool that he's on a good team. Yeah, knowing you – since you're the expert, and what did he get guaranteed? Or uh, Just the rest of this year. Oh, like, okay. Like a million dollars. It's still so awesome. he'll probably we think about he'll be on their team next year, probably. He might. Is on a minimum non-guaranteed deal, he might. He'll probably be in camp. Good for him. Uh you know, I can get cute with stats and be like, oh, here's what the Nets are really good at, and here's what they kind of suck at. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter. <laughs> you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden on you. James Harden's not gonna play, but you have those guys on your team, like they're just amazing. They're just- so you want you want Katie or Kyrie as the book. <laughs> Exactly. We haven't seen KD play this year, and I think when he's healthy, he's the best player. In the Has NBA, he even so. played that much this year? I mean, I feel like he's played he's twenty-four played, games. Yeah, 
barely played this year, really. Played. Uh, and yet, 27.3 points a game, very casually when he does play. He's, he's just, you can't guard him. There's just no way to guard him. 27 points on 17 shots, and he shoots so many jumpers. Like, how do you guard? guard 54-46 from field three. Disgusting. He's so good. It's insane. There's, like, the... These are no answer. No. Yeah, answer. but I'm not sure he'll either one play in this game for the back-to-back. If you said the back-to-back two, is an influence, let me check the. the two. Uh, he he gets hurt every other game. It feels like he's been hurt every he third game basically this year. So I don't I don't know. Uh, Blazers Nets is on NBA TV, so not necessarily national. Oh, okay. Maybe they don't hold guys up, but it's a back-to-back. You never know. Um, similar deal. The last time they got a rebound well because. You got to limit the possessions of the best offense of all time. The Nets' biggest struggle to actually get a stat here is the games they lose, they turn it over a lot. So the high pressure defense will be important in this one. So because of that, my X factor, TJ McConnell, force those steals, get the Pacers some easy buckets, keep them in the game. They actually played them okay, remember, for three quarters in March. Now only Harden played of the stars in that game. They were hanging tough for three quarters before they got killed. So they need another game like that. McConnell had 12 that night. Got to play well. Mine is Malcolm Brogdon. There you go. Although I should maybe pick Karras as a revenge game. Hmm. He played uh, at 19 in the last revenge game. I mean, they could use a Karras like 40 point night to win this game. Yes, they could. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll go. You know what? I'll change it. I'll go Karras because he, he could use it. If he could put up a huge offensive night, that would uh, really, really help them. Yes, it would. Uh, I still think the Nets are going to win. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I think they would need some <laughs> some good luck. Some some Kevin Durant sits out, and then Kyrie doesn't play fantastic, and maybe they can win. Stealing a win against either the Nets or Blazers would be great. I don't expect it. I'm not going to be skies falling about this team if they lose to either of those teams. If they lose their game on Saturday, Adam, I will be skies falling. Basically. And that's because they play a team they already beat this last week in Oklahoma City Thunder. We don't spend a ton of time on them. We just watched them play. Just watched them. They are in full tank mode. Uh, this team is desperately hoping to get the first pick and get uh, – who's going on one this year? Uh, Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. That's that's the goal. They have lost how many in a row now? <laughs> I just – I put the order, but I see a bunch of red. They one in April. They have not won a game in Okay, April. I have not won in April. This game will still be – no, this game will be May 1st. May, so uh-oh. It'll Who be leave? a change of the guard, <laughs> theoretically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you, who was the best player last time they played? I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull the box score real fast. Oh, Darius Baisley, for sure. You should know that. Yeah. Okay. I forgot. It's been Syracuse a long guy, right? Well, I was still caught in the O'Shea thing. I got to forget. That's forgot. true. No, Darius Baisley didn't go to Syracuse. He ended up. Oh, he out. decommitted. That's right. Right. That's why I don't remember. Come on. So Shea doesn't play on the 16th of April. Shea was announced to miss at least two more weeks. Well, two weeks from the 16th is the 30th of April. So if he plays on May 1st. He's not playing the rest of the season, I would say. Yeah, I would guess you're right. But if he plays May 1st, that would suck because then the Thunder are probably close to as good as the Pacers. Shea's awesome. But if he doesn't play, they just suck. We just saw what they are. We should just say Oklahoma City is 30th in offense, 22 in defense, and 30th in overall net rating. Worst team in basketball. Yeah, the Pacers didn't even play that well, and they still won. (laughs) Well, O'Shea played pretty well. O'Shea played very well. I know. That's the best game of his career game for O'Shea. That'd be his best game of his career. Yeah. They got a lot from their top three. Brogdon and Levert were really good. And then the Thunder did well on the glass, right? That's going to be their that, – that was their thing with the short, the small pacers. But it wasn't enough. They just – they don't have scores. They don't have anyone who can really create for anyone else. Like, they can create for themselves decently, but not really – Wait, you're not. You don't think Pokashevsky can create for himself yet? Yeah, he only played for five minutes, and he can create for himself. Did he only? Oh yeah, he only played for five. Yeah, he got he got sick and had to leave the game. That's right. I remember he made a big deal about it last week. He's awesome, man. Whatever. 
doesn't matter. Yeah, I they mean, just can't. They don't have any setup. Theo Maladon will get there, but not there yet. So, yeah, we know how they can beat them. We don't have to go too long on them. Yeah, I hope they win. I think they should. They, they should win. If they steal one of those first two games and then win this one, they will be five hundred. The elusive five hundred. From your from your mouth to God's ears. We've seen how that's gone. Five hundred's like the eight seed number, which gives them the extra playing life. So we'll see what happens. Anyway uh x factors gosh let's see anyone i mean you you, you <laughs> want to do it? We, we did this last week we could just say see last week's podcast yeah see last week's podcast uh justin holiday if justin holiday shoots well from three they win the game there you go i'll go malcolm brogdon who had 29 last time he's gonna any one player you just oh no you no i switched to karis screw you man maybe goga's back this game and then they have some size and then goga's my x factor so okay well 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 i guess we'll just see what happens i think they win though yeah, I think they win as well. The Thunder aren't trying. They're the Pacers need to win some games because the Wizards are hot in their tail. Wizards have won eight in a row now, nine of the last ten. Well, they played the Wizards twice uh, the week after week. this one. So, Well, the Wizards, did they finally play a tough team this week? Those tiebreakers will matter. Gonna- uh, they play Los Angeles on Wednesday, although Lakers been better? Not really. Right? So they they play Dallas. Who have the Saturday. Wizards beaten on their eight-game win streak? A bunch of cupcake teams? Ah, uh, uh, yes, very much so. No, they beat Utah Thunder to start. twice, Cavs, Pistons, Pelicans, Kings. But they beat Utah to start. It's a pretty Utah's good one. Utah's a good one, and the Warriors are a good one. Yeah, so then this next week, the Wizards play Spurs, Lakers, Cavaliers, and Mavericks. They could easily win the first three. Mavericks should be a tough one. That's possible. Wow. Then they draw Indiana next week, but we'll talk about that next Flowers. week. Yeah, I mean the, – the, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. We'll probably do a standings watch at some point this week as a segment. But, like, if the Bulls and Raptors have a bad week, like, it could just be over. Like, the Pacers are just in. There's only, like, 10 or 11 games. Yeah. Then then it's eight versus nine at that right. point. Yeah. Then you're chasing – you think about looking at eight. The Hornets are only one game ahead of them. So. Yeah. It's going to be tight. We'll look more at that as, as the time goes on. You know, there's only, like, three weeks left of the season. Pretty crazy how quick Yeah. I feel like, as a principal, you have to be 500 to be a top-eight seed, but – I know. I just agree. <laughs> that's just in my mind you should be or like close like you could be one under i guess i would i could maybe forgive but you know if you're the eight seed okay. like three or four under like there was a year the pace what's the eight, eight in the west oh they're the, the grizzlies okay yeah, yeah they're barely over 500 Pacers made the eight seed in 2010 or 11 i can't remember what year exactly it was as like a 35 and 50 17 <laughs> i remember Yikes. that or if no 35 and 47 i'm sorry mass off there but they were bad they were still bad anyways um you, you got anything else uh, no, I do not. I'm looking forward to watching these young players who are shining evolve this week. So as always, we'll bring you the show five days a week. So Tony will have a preview of Portland game on Tuesday. Tuesday show. I'll have the breakdown of the game on Wednesday. Tony will preview the Brooklyn game on Thursday and I'll break it down on Friday and maybe talk about some of the weekend games or the weekend game as well. Uh, as always, you can follow our podcast at locked on Pacers, Tony at Teast NBA, me at free Madam five. That is all. For today's Locked On Favorite Podcast, we'll see you guys again. Bye.